This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, we talk coaching, changes, who's going to get fired, and what we think might happen. Welcome to Unsportsmanlike Conduct. I'm your host, Andrew Loveland. As always, joined by my co-host, Jack Crum. Jack, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. Um, I just saw the Lions lose to my least favorite team ever, so I guess I could be better, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good for right now. I think one of my least favorite things all time is just calling the Cowboys America's team because uh, it's just they haven't been America's team boy. in like 30 years, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's we'll, just it's a marketing place of Jerry Jones getting his team on yeah. TV. That's that's the only thing. But we'll we'll get past that. Uh, so we wanted to talk coaching changes today. We're kind of getting to that point where teams are starting to get restless, coaches are starting to get restless, and we'll see probably a few people in college and pro get fired over the next couple of weeks. And you know, as always, a couple of coaches aren't going to coach their team's bowl game and different things like that. But We'll start very close to home. The Chippewas are seven and four. Mm-hmm. We've heard it, you know, uh, the guys on Maroon and Bold talked about it a little bit. And Evan Petzold, he wrote a story about it today, about kind of what McElwain said last week. But they're seven and four. This is a guy who was SEC coach of the year. Do you think there's any chance he leaves after this season? Especially considering yeah. the Chippewas could be in play for the MAC I championship. I, I think this year, I mean, I could see it, but I think it'd still be a stretch. Um, but I think if he puts together another, you know, eight or nine win season going into next year, I think that there's going to be a lot of teams calling. I think the one that comes to mind for me, at least uh, closest to home, would probably be uh, over in East Lansing. I think if Michigan State decides to move on from D'Antonio next year, I think, you know, Coach Mack could be a, a prime target for them. Yeah, I think. I think State, either this year or next year, could could at least look into the possibility. But I don't know. I would be surprised if he left this season. But kind of, I mean, looking at that school in East Lansing, Michigan State, do you think there's any chance they that Antonio's gone after this season? They asked him, I think it was yesterday, if he was gonna if he was planning on being back, and he said he was planning on being back. And I think that they will keep him for one more year. Um, and then after they realize that he's only going to win four or five games next year again, then they'll have like a he'll say that he's retiring, but in reality he'll be pushed out, and then they'll have to go on and find someone. But I think he's pretty much safe for this year, just because of the history that he's had with the program and the kind of stuff he's done for him. They're going to you know allow him to try and fix his stuff in in one more year. Um, but that's that's kind of what I think is going to happen there. Yeah, do you think he'll change coaches, like offensive coaches, coordinators, those type of things that he didn't, he elected not to do yeah. this year? Well, last year he kind of took all of his buddies and then he, he like demoted them almost, but kept them on staff. So I'm wondering, because he made his former offensive coordinator the tight ends coach, so then is he going to move him down to like kicker coordinator uh, when, once he gets new people? I mean, honestly, I don't think he's going to make many changes. If I could see anything, I could see them bringing in an offensive coordinator and just kind of redoing the offense. Yeah, the offense like, needs to be redone. It's oh, just not yeah. very good at all. Um, and I think that's been their biggest problem, and it'll eventually lead to the reason he is fired. 
or whatnot. Um, so looking at some of the, we know Florida State needs a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you see out there currently available right now that would fill that? Well, as far as Florida State goes, I don't buy the whole rumor that that primetime Deion Sanders is going to go out there and coach. I don't know why you would want that. I just I don't know I don't know why you'd want either. Like, I get he's like an alumni, he's a great football player, but it doesn't mean like this isn't baseball. You can't just hire, you know, former players to come in and be, you know, well, the head manager or you, the head coach. You of the team. can just, hire former players. It's just they need to have nothing some about coaching background. Deion Sanders tells me oh, he wants to be the coach. Especially because you have to consider, like, Deion Sanders sees himself as two people. Deion Sanders, the baseball player, and Prime, the football player. (laughs) So you're hiring Primetime, the football player, to come coach your team, who was notorious for just doing things a different way. And I can't imagine that he would have control of a locker room. Not because guys wouldn't like him or respect him, but primetime's going to be in the middle, in guys' faces, fighting and doing all the things that you wouldn't necessarily want your players to I be know. doing. But I don't see why Florida State isn't saying, hey, come be our head coach. We've got Deion Sanders saying he'd love to help you recruit some kids. See, that like, could work. Like, I mean, why they would pick up every DB Yeah, why isn't Deion Sanders country? helping with recruiting and you know being a booster or whatever he wants to do? Like, I think that would make more sense for Sanders than – just giving him the keys to the entire program oh, and I saying, hey, uh, Jimbo Fisher kind of left some <laughs> institutional <laughs> problems here. Can you fix them? And then <laughs> and then I think for Florida State, I mean, they might hire in staff, but I don't know if the boosters would allow it because players have been petitioning to hire their current intern, uh, Odell Haggins. But, like, I just don't feel like Florida State would – would allow them to keep anyone from Willie Taggart's staff on. You, know. you would think maybe not, but uh, I don't know a ton about Haggins. I mean, he's he's done a fairly decent job. I mean, they're both eligible, you know, but, I mean, I just don't feel like they would do that. And I they, mean, they, a, yeah. a similar situation happened a few years ago in LSU, and we kind of see where that's gotten Yeah. It. So but it, then again, I, it also happened at uh, – or, you know, it didn't happen at USC. I thought um, – Clay Hayton, man. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about USC later. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it can work. I mean, Coach O, you know, was I, spectacular. And I, I think just, that's the thing, though, is like when you think of Ogeron, you think of LSU. He seems like he was born and he's right. He, like, is from a swamp. Mm-hmm. So, you like, he just fits LSU. <laughs> he's perfect. from a swamp. Well, like, that's what he seems like. I mean, the it, dude's basically just Shrek at this point. He, like, he seems like a swamp monster in the best possible way. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a video of a post-game speech oh that he my, gave that dude, we can't that was, entirely repeat. But it had to do with kicking Alabama's butt. Uh, on and off the field. My, my personal favorite was Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. And then I think you can fill in the, the yeah, two he, spaces after that. But Yeah, it was. Oh, but, man. So it's just he is LSU. He embodies that. And so if you got a coach at Florida State that actually you believe embodies that, then maybe mm-hmm. do it. But otherwise, I think, you know, one name I want to throw out to you that isn't available but could be available, Chip Kelly. He's at UCLA right now, yeah. and UCLA is never I, not in my lifetime certainly, but I can't think of a time even in history where I've you know said oh UCLA's got a legitimate program. Yeah. I mean Brett Hundley, and some of those you know, you years had Josh Rosen, they were but still they weren't they even were winning good, more than nine but games. yeah they weren't a yeah. 
you weren't saying, like, is UCLA going to make the playoff? You're like, no, for the first two weeks maybe you are, but then they lose inexplicably, like, 48-10 to Stanford, and you're like, oh, they're not good. And, you know, one advantage he might have going out to the state of Florida is um, his offense kind of fits speed, whereas the only competition in Florida is Dan Mullen, and he kind of runs a very pro type of, you know, you know, big guy, you block. So he could maybe pick up on some of those underrated type guys that Florida passes up and kind of build it on, you know, speed and space and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, I mean, you're looking at the ACC, you've got one competitor. Exactly. I mean, that, that probably looks very appealing you know, yeah. as compared to dealing and, with, you know, his former team, you yeah, know, Oregon and, think, and all these other guys up over there. And I think if you're Chip Kelly, I don't know if he's getting the offer there or not or if he's even in the candidate pool, but – I mean, if it's you worth if noting. you want to if you want to get guys with speed, that notable alumni, notorious for speed, could probably get you some guys that are speedy. Oh yeah, like you know. So I think that's a name that I don't know. I haven't heard thrown there, but I could see being thrown there. Um, so l- we mentioned USC a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer keeps kind of getting thrown around for the job. I think he will end up taking that job, to be completely honest. I mean, just I feel like he's going to do Ohio State the same way he did Florida, which is step away and then basically come back. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair to Urban, ugh. that that's the you know the cysts and things that he's dealing with are like he probably shouldn't coach again, but it's at this point feels like an addiction for him. And if you're those programs, I mean, Florida, looking back on it, would probably love to have said, oh, we'll take you back, Urban. But Ohio State seems to be very pleased with Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. And I think if they were to say, oh, we're going to take Urban back, Ryan, would you love to stay on staff? He would say no, and yeah. he would take the USC job. Because I think a lot of people he, – he's only coached you know a handful of games, but I think a lot of people in and around college football and just football in general – think he's a good coach because I've even heard his name thrown out in NFL circles, you know, for NFL coaching jobs, which to me is like he's only coached, what, 10 games to this point? Yeah. Maybe let's not hand the guys an NFL (laughs) franchise, but obviously he's a good coach. Yeah, no, he's got a a bright future. So I think, you know, I don't, you know, think Ohio State would even necessarily want Urban back at this point, not to say – you know, Ryan Day is better than Urban yeah. Meyer, but Urban Meyer is going to leave again in three years. <laughs> and then, yeah, another interesting one, um, and honestly, this could be for, I feel like he'd more fit Florida State, but um, I could also see him go out to USC is the Clemson defensive coordinator, uh, Brett Vanabils. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's been at, you know, he's been on Dabo's staff the entire time. Yeah. I mean, he's really made just dominance, you know, on the defensive front. I mean, you look at how many Clemson defenders are in the NFL right now. It's incredible. But uh, that's a guy who might be a you know future up and coming. Um, honestly, the the perfect one for USC, to be completely honest, would probably be PJ Fleck. But, I, I have Fleck. I yeah, but I mean, I, Minnesota. I don't think they're going to let him go. Yeah, but he has he that buyout clause. But USC's got money. Oh yeah. And if they like, Fleck will pay the buyout clause, but USC will fund the yeah. buyout clause payment. And if they come calling, I don't. Like, USC has a recent history of being very successful, and so I don't see how you get really a much better program than that 
if that's what Fleck wants. It yeah. could be Fleck wants to build his name in Minnesota. I think he might want to do that. And Honestly, I, you look so, at the you know you look at the Big Ten uh, West. I mean, there's really nobody out there. I mean, you could make the case for Wisconsin, but outside of that, I mean, it's his to to inherit. Yeah. And well, and just Minnesota in general has never really been this exactly. Good. So he and can, if he made something, he would be regarded as just a legend in Minnesota yeah. if he ever won anything like. I think it's. I think legacy has a lot to do with PJ Fleck because he's kind of like a. He's you know I, I met him last year. He just walked up to my school one day, mm. just trying to recruit some you know, one of the one of the kids there, and he's just like just off the walls like. Yeah, he's just, a fiery guy. Oh yeah, but I mean that's why USC in some respects he's kind of like yeah. a Pete Carroll. Oh yeah, like. Just hyper energy, weird dude, kind of willing yeah. to go over the top for a lot Should of Should be gimmicks. medicated and yeah, <laughs> probably is like you know. I mean that probably is not great to say, but <laughs> he just he fits that personality oh, yeah. and much like Pete Carroll did. I think Fleck could use the allure of this is L.A. I mean, yeah, sub, this is we're Southern the only Cal. Team here. You, well, you've got UCLA. Thing. Yeah, I mean, so and Kiffin, you like? There's no jobs open yet, but. Do you see, I mean, I don't think he'll take Florida State, but is there? Definitely won't go back to USC. USC won't have him back. You would think, but I never thought I'd see Dwight Howard in a Lakers jersey again. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> LA's very forgiving nowadays. Yeah, they are. Honestly, as far as Lane Kiffin goes, I mean, I could see something pop up if you saw like a lower, um, like Pac-12 job pop up or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I just think he's happy I where just, he is I mean, right yeah. now. So I think it would have to be a pretty. What subs- is it? The FAU? He's calling it. You know, yeah. like the U. Exactly. Um, another name out there. He's at Texas A&M, which seems like a down step from Florida State to me. But do you think Jimbo gets any offer that makes him say goodbye to College Station? Honestly, to be honest, no. Like I could see Florida State maybe trying to no, get him back, I but I just so. I feel like he left Florida State for a reason. Probably, and I feel like, and I feel like Florida State SEC. knows what that reason yeah. is. I'm sure Florida State's looking at some of the, you know, the carnage from when he left, oh, yeah. and they're going like, "What did that one natty oh, cost yeah. us?" Like, you know, I mean, when you see a player like Jameis Winston, and we'll acknowledge Jameis Winston probably isn't the smartest. <laughs> NFL player but when you see an issue like that with that's your quarterback yeah. and the crab legs thing and all this different stuff like I mean you know that's got to be a little bit institutional where like you know he, that can't he can't be the only player making those types of decisions oh yeah so I'm sure I'm sure Texas A&M is getting ready for that too and one last name I'll throw at you from the college ranks who I'm assuming will get heavily talked about at some point for a job somewhere the Mad Hatter Les Miles Oh, man. What he's done at Kansas is nothing short of absolutely it's, it's impressive. I mean, no doubt. And Les Miles, honestly, I don't know if he'll be like, I feel like he'll be the same situation as, you know, I just, like like Lane Kiffin. Like, why would you want to leave? Yeah, but I think the difference between... Like, why Les would Miles you, is an old man. Like, make no doubt about it. Yeah, but he's, I think he's had a, he's a coach that he's tasted the top of the mountain Unlike Kiffin, who had had his opportunities yeah. at Tennessee and at USC to kind of get that feeling, but Kiffin failed up a, yeah. a few different times. You know, Tennessee, Oakland Raiders, USC, and then he got to Alabama, got taught how to win, and then now he's where he's at. So I think the difference with you know Miles is he's been at LSU, 
you know, he can probably realize, okay, this is what I probably should have done. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, let's, I don't know if, you know, like, OU has interest, but let's say Lincoln Riley goes somewhere else, you know, do you stay in the Big Ten, give him a call? And I mean, I don't know if that's a fit there. Yeah. But seeing what he's done at Kansas, I'm sure there's got to be some team in a another Power Five school that with, you know, maybe even Michigan State. I mean, maybe that State, would be, maybe that State would break gives him a call. fans' hearts. Oh, absolutely. He was always he was always supposed to be the prodigal son. He the was one supposed that was to come return. home before before Harbaugh. Yeah, but so I mean, I I would just find it hard to believe oh, yeah. that he stays at Kansas to the and, end of his career. And there's there's a lot of other you know possible coaches too. You have Matt Campbell out in Iowa State. Uh, he was formerly at Toledo. He'll probably be getting some calls here pretty soon. And one that I can almost guarantee the listeners will happen. Um, you know, probably in the next you know couple of weeks is I think that Greg Schiano is going to go back to Rutgers. I think yeah, that's almost likely. a absolute guarantee. And honestly, I hope it happens because there's just something about seeing like these schools like Illinois like just succeeding that just makes me very very happy and contempt with the Big well, 10. And it's good with the for the Big 10 And because, I want Rutgers to be like yeah. just competitive. Like just at least like give people yeah. a game. You know, uh, it's and, it's good for the league when oh, yeah. when teams one through twelve can actually oh, put yeah. up a fight against each other. And when Greg Schiano was at Rutgers, like they were, you know, they were winning like eight nine games a year. Like they were, they yeah. were competitive. I mean, that's, at the those are their glory days. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if he came back, I mean, I don't know if he'd be able to turn the program completely around, but I know for sure that they would like they'd be on an Illinois yeah. kind of like you know like we're playing people like we're giving them a matchup. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I think you'll be a very active off season. I think yeah, that's one I, I thing don't think sure. anybody will be surprised with Chiano. Oh no, but that's almost a, a guarantee. So that's college. That's some of it. I'm sure we'll hear more in the coming weeks. We always do. But looking at the NFL, I made a list of I have three teams that I think will absolutely have new coaches next season, and I have five teams that I think might. All right, hit me. So. I'm going to list my five mites, and then we'll see if you can guess my three yes. Okay. I have Chicago might have a new head coach next year. I think, <laughs> unfortunately for Matt Nagy, when he took Trubisky out, that that almost like, you know, and then he whispered and sweet nothings in his ear for two straight minutes, and then later they're like, oh, it was an injury. And you're like, well, then why did you talk to him for two minutes? <sighs> like, he did Nick, Nick Saban didn't walk over to Tua, give him I, a big hug, that. and say, "Hey, buddy, we're gonna have to take you out." You know, this isn't a person. It's no, it's a hip injury. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I think if, I think you have to look at him, unfortunately, and say, eh, "Hey, buddy." I just, I just feel bad for Emil because he's got to come in here every single week and listen to us just, just bag on Trubisky, <laughs> and he doesn't have a mic to defend himself. He just, he's, got he's just listening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, it could be worse. At least, like, two generational quarterbacks weren't drafted after that. <laughs> um, I have, obviously, Freddie Kitchens, uh-huh. my, my distaste for Kitchens. But he almost is turning it around, maybe. I don't know. He, my my biggest fear is that they'll – because they'll go – I think they'll go 4-2. and two, Yeah. Probably, and finish 8-8 eight and eight the rest of the season. Miss the playoffs, but – you probably lose to Baltimore because Baltimore's yeah, PO that you destroyed amazing. them the first, and you destroyed them like they're they're what nine and two and one of the two they're, losses they're is just an absolute whooping by Cleveland, and everyone's so, like 
the NFL, there's nothing more confusing than that league oh, yeah. because you're just looking at it, you're like, Baltimore's got to be the best team in the league right now, according to some people. Yeah. But then their one of their losses is just a shellacking by the Browns, who three three or four weeks ago couldn't even and, like yeah. they were they had eleven plays inside of the five yard line and couldn't score, but they put up forty something points on the on the best team in I, the NFL. I just and, feel like the Browns are like. Have you ever seen that one video of the girl who's like sipping like something and she's just like, oh, that's nasty. Oh no, wait, yeah. that's all right. And she was back, oh, no, that's nasty. It's yeah. like they're just back and forth yeah. where it's like they might be good, but at the same time they're utter trash. It's yeah. just there's no in between. We don't know. And But, I mean, and right, there's, so, a big, there's a big matchup with, with Pittsburgh coming up in two weeks that I think oh, yeah. they'll probably lose. Like I think they'll lose to Baltimore and Pittsburgh just because I don't think there's a chance you sweep both of those teams in one season. It never happens in the yeah. North. Like aside from the last two years, usually Cleveland – the whole AFC North just plays each other tough. I think they can sweep Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not trying to win, and then they'll play the Dolphins. I think they should be the Dolphins this week. Mm-hmm. If they don't, I think Kitchens will get fired this week. And uh, the last game is Arizona, yeah. which is winnable. Yeah, I think I think Pittsburgh is the only definite loss. I mean, they won't have Miles Garrett to help them with Mason yeah. Rudolph. But, so. I, I mean, if you watch that game, aside from that, the entire defensive line was in the pocket the oh, whole time. And Mason Rudolph, if he doesn't get suspended, it's a favor to the I mean, Cleveland Browns because he's he's been terrible. He threw awful. four interceptions. And just on the whole Miles Garrett, if you don't want that smoke, <laughs> don't don't charge at someone a lot bigger and stronger than you. Um <laughs> All right. Just, so 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 two B's so far. So that's you got two. the Browns and the and the Bears. I got the Lions, who I'm not sure, and we talked about this a little bit before. Mm-hmm. I, not sure they can actually pull the trigger, but if they finish they with three or four wins, you have to at least consider this is the coaching staff's fault. Dallas is another team. I don't think they can pull the trigger, but if you don't make the playoffs, I think they're absolutely. I think that I think they you like have Chris to. Richard better than they like. Well, if you're Jerry Jason Jones, Garrett. you might have two head coaching candidates on your staff better than the one currently clapping on your sideline. <laughs> like, I, I think. I think if. I mean, if there's a possibility that the Cowboys don't win the division as much money as Jerry's paying out, I think that he gets whacked before the season's even over. And yeah, and not just fired. I think Jerry Jones <laughs> pays someone, sends him to his house. Oh yeah, and just just yeah, but <laughs> fill in the blanks. Yeah, but I mean, no, seriously, Jason Garrett is just not good. He's not been good for a decade now. Jerry Jones is getting to that age where now he is shelling out money because he wants to see that Super Bowl. It's the Mr. I effect, man. Yeah, he's got to realize that this isn't the coach. And then the Falcons, they're terrible. Dan Quinn is. They've been doing this every other year thing where it's like they were in the Super Bowl and then they're sucky, you know, and then they're good. I think they're probably at the point where they're going, okay, let's just just shed a little bit of this Mm -hmm. weight. Let's, Let's rebuild a little bit. So those are my five teams that I think might mm-hmm. change their head coach. And I would say 60 to 80% of them might be just too scared. Yeah. So then the three definite ones, I'm going to go out One on a One of them is Washington. Here. Yeah, well, obviously. Because they already. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Pat Shermer is on that list of the New York no. Giants. Really? No, I think I don't know if Pat Shermer gets fired. I think for oh, some reason that I think would be so Giants if they didn't fire him. I don't him. I think it is. I think they're going to give him one more oh, year with his quarterback, with his running back. Oh. 
Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, I had the Pat Shermer experience. He's, he's he's even on the Browns, man. He was horrible. Oh, he was. He wasn't. He's. A, I mean, the the really frustrating part is, is he's a great offensive coordinator. Like he, he's a brilliant. He, he's kind of like Wade Phillips to yeah. me. He's if he was your offensive coordinator, I think you're in good shape. Oh yeah. Um, no, but very. There is one team on my list that plays in the Meadowlands. <laughs> really? Oh, you think Adam Gaze gets fired even after uh, Woody Johnson came out and said, you know, we're sticking with him. They always say that, and just like the coaches always say they're never going to leave. But you can't watch this team, and you can't have the derision you're having at the top where at the beginning of the season it comes out that he doesn't like the player that should probably be the center of their offense. And you're just kind of like, that can't last long. Because at at some point in the season, you either have to say, what do we want more, Adam Gase or Le'Veon Bell? And you look at the last two quarterbacks to play under Adam Gase, and both of them might be in the playoffs. Matt Moore is a backup. But Ryan Tannehill took over the starting job in Tennessee and might help them get into the playoffs. So he's a supposed quarterback whisperer. Why is someone who looked capable last year look terrible? I mean, and he was the same guy that was supposed to fix Jay Cutler. On the Bears. Sorry, Emil, we're talking about the Bears again. <laughs> Adam Gase has played well with one quarterback, Peyton Manning. Yeah, and Peyton Manning carried him. You or I time. could co-offensive coordinate <laughs> a team with, in his prime, Peyton yeah. Manning. All right, Peyton, just do your mo- thing. Yeah, mostly what I would do is like, hey, so what are like the 60 plays you like to run? <laughs> you write them down and tell me what order to call them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, anyone could. I mean, it's kind of like, like, you or I could probably gain like, you know, like fifty yards behind the Cowboys' offensive line. It's like the same thing where it's like, yeah, like uh, assuming that you just do five yard, you do, you run five yards <laughs> and go out of bounds. The second one of us gets tackled, that's it. Oh well, yeah, I mean, my, it's just yeah, like someone done. someone needs to tell Freddie Kitchens that Odell can in fact run slants, <laughs> and it actually if he catches them, he's like, gone. Fifty five percent of yeah. the time, it's a touchdown. Like, he, he did that one against the Jets, and it was like an 85-yard touchdown, and since then, Freddie was like, that was too easy. We're not doing that again. <laughs> I can't I can't just have Odell here running slants, getting 200 yards a game. All right, so then your other two, give me a hint here. Is it, so that's, is it a first-year head coach? It's Jets, oh. Washington. And then is and it a first-year head coach? No. Okay, so that, that limits down Zach Taylor of the Bengals. It yeah, also I don't limits think down Vic Vangio yeah, I, of the Broncos. Yep. Oh, man, a part of me is saying uh, Anthony Lynn, the Chargers head coach, but I could also see it is. Yeah, I think Lynn's gone. I think Rivers is gone. I was going to say you could make a case for Doug Marone in Jacksonville, but I think 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 he's possible, but I think they will, especially Tom Coughlin's making some of those decisions. But if you're L.A., what if you get one, get rid of Phillip Rivers, you kind of restart there, you get rid of, you know, Anthony Lynn, and – Honestly, in some ways, you could trade Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Like, get a couple more picks. I mean, first. Austin Eckler has basically put up his production. And, you know, you really don't need both of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you can argue that, just like we've seen with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, having two really good running backs is better than probably having just one. But also, if you, like, at what point is it a luxury and you could use that to help get another piece for Joey Bosa on the defense and Derwin James. I don't know. I think they're that's a team that is gonna need to restart and they're just not they're just not they good. need to push they don't the full look reset good. button. Yeah. You just build around Joey Honestly, Bosa yeah. 
and either pick Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler and get get the ship the other one off. And I think as far as, you know, next year's draft goes for the Chargers, I think it's it's a great quarterback class. You're gonna have an opportunity to draft a really good guy. And I think that they have a rare opportunity. I mean I mean rebuilds never look good, but they have a rare opportunity to like do like a rebuild, but with actual like talent on the defense. I mean you have Derwin James, you have Joey Bosa. I mean you have Melvin talent. Ingram. Exactly. Melvin Ingram, you have Austin Eckler you have talent around. You're just missing those couple spots. You yeah. go out and get a young, competent head coach, kind of like what the Rams did with Sean yeah. McVay, and you start building around. All of a sudden, you might actually get some fans coming to your games. Well, I mean, who knows? Anything's possible. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe if you get a guy like you don't even necessarily need a young head coach, but so I have six names written down. I have Kellen Moore, Josh McDaniels, Greg Roman, Lincoln Riley, Eric Bieniemy, and Mike Pettin. Say you bring in Mike Pettin, and then get. <laughs> I mean, just get a whole Browns yeah. former head coach parade going. <laughs> get Mike Patton to be the head coach. Get Shermer in there yeah, for the OC. And Rob, the, Rob Trudinsky as the as the defensive yeah. coordinator. Ask Freddie Kitchens if he'll coach your running backs. <laughs> and suddenly you have a competent, you know, team. Imagine Freddie Kitchens as the Chargers running back coach. He'd have so I mean, many toys to play with. I know it. I mean, he would probably just take, like, his biggest back and tell him, you know, run a, run a passing route and then yeah. take your speedy back and tell him run up the middle. But, I mean, in reality, you could. Greg Roman's done a good job in Baltimore. We've yes, seen him do a good job in San Francisco. It's He's going to be a head coach next year. Oh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, he'd be great for a place that has an opportunity to get a mobile quarterback because you saw him work with Colin Kaepernick, and it was magic. You saw him work now with Lamar Jackson, and it was magic. This is the way that the NFL is pointing. And, it's and pretty it, clear. I mean, maybe he does then. go If he goes to the L.A., they, they can get – Joe Burrow they can get yeah. somebody I mean I don't necessarily know if they can get all the way up there but I mean you just get a semi-competent quarterback and I mean there's a possibility someone like Nick Foles might be available you know or you could maybe Minshew yeah. like I don't know like there's going to be quarterbacks available and you can go and you can get those guys and suddenly when you're looking at the pieces that exist already in the system mm-hmm. who are really good and you've got an offense if you put a new quarterback in that offense and just continue to focus on those two running backs. You still have Keenan Allen. You still have Mike Williams. I mean, like Hunter, Hunter Henry. I don't know as well. how I mean, that team isn't good. I, it beats it. It's it baffles me. And that that's where you that look division at should be the best division in oh, football. hundred percent. Like you're looking at as the far Raiders as just who pure are good, talent goes. Got like the Chiefs, and then for some reason the Chargers just can't <laughs> figure it out. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right, and I I just. They have a rare opportunity, unlike my team, to actually like yeah. go out and just do it well. And I mean, now and then, then you know, the next step is just leave LA and go back to San Diego where you belong. Have Spanos uh, sell the team, and you are just set for the future. There. Nothing was more confusing to me than when the Rams, Chargers, and Raiders all it just moves to LA, and you were like. We're all gonna be in LA now. The NFL completely relocates. We've got thirty-two teams. The they all play in LA. That situation. They. Oh, I mean, L- LA is just not a football town. I think I mean, they should never have left. Worked. I think the Rams work in LA. I think the Raiders should have stayed in Oakland, and I think the Chargers should have been in Las Vegas. I think that would have worked. I think, but honestly, Spanos is honestly such a. Just think just about the Las menace. Vegas Chargers. It even sounds no, it'd cool. be sweet. It'd be sweet, no doubt. But I mean. Just San Diego's just been so supportive towards that, you know, crappy team for so long. I just, I don't know. There'll always be the San Diego Chargers to me. No, no matter where they go, it's just yeah. 
don't know. Just like it's still kind of hard to like the Los Angeles Rams. Like, they're yeah, but thirty, forty years ago, I know it. Good. I know it. But still, Los Angeles just doesn't really. I mean, they hardly support their basketball teams, even when they're you know. I mean, dominant, that's, that's so. not one hundred percent true about the Lakers. The Lakers I mean, the usually Clippers. have a look. Pa- yeah, but the Clippers were. Never supposed to be in. LA. I mean, yeah, but still, even when the Lakers were bad, I mean, like no one really like. Yeah, I mean, they lost some fans, but that happens everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Like, but yeah, I mean, they're the the story of how the Clippers ended up in L.A. is an interesting one, and you should there's a there's a podcast. That I'll, have to, I'll have to take it. a listen. It's it's the thirty for thirty about Sterling, and one of the first episodes talks oh, about seriously. Yeah, how oh, right he on. literally just packed the packed up everything. Went to L.A. and then just said, "You can sue me." Like it's it's kind of like what happened with the the Browns when they moved to mm-hmm. Baltimore. They yeah, just went overnight, and the next morning, next thing yeah. you know. But yeah, no, I think if one thing's for sure in this, you know, uncertainty of moving teams and all that, I think that this off season is going to be just absolutely yeah. crazy for coaching enthusiasts, kind of like us, where it's like you're going to see a ton of guys go to different places, and it's yeah. going to be a completely... I mean, the you know, unfortunate just, thing I think that you kind of see now is you look at a guy like Kellen Moore, and I think he's going to be a phenomenal head coach. Just not now. Yeah, I just, just don't know if he's time. ready. And oftentimes, it's just like quarterbacks. You see these guys going to team. There's a reason the team fired their head coach. Yeah. Like, I think the Chargers are a rare example of a team that's kind of ready. You look at the Browns, that's a team that's kind of ready. You look at, like, we'll say the Bears. If you can get a top draft pick quarterback or get somebody maybe that's a team that's ready but if they have like the 13th pick or something maybe they're not as ready yeah but i mean more often than not you're gonna go to the jets who have some pieces but they're also missing a lot and the gm tried to trade you know like they have just a bunch of weird stuff the redskins don't have anything their offensive line was getting yelled at by their rookie quarterback and then you watch (laughs) the tape and they're not blocking anyone it looks like the play from the longest yard and it's just like if you're kellen moore the redskins are going to call you and say we're going to give you 30 million dollars to come be our coach and you're like uh i could keep making it you know 15 dollars an hour and still have the same opportunities two years from now yeah but the the temptation is just I know it. there. The ego to think like, oh, I can fix these this team. Yeah, I don't know. So for pride I comes think, before the fall. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it it'll be interesting. And the dominoes will start 100%. falling after this week is when you'll see. Like, oh yeah. You'll see a couple of teams. Once teams get start rumors getting eliminated. start hitting and yeah. Oh yeah. Especially like you know, I mean, like I said, this is a perfect Browns fall to the Dolphins. You know, you could see. You could see the, you know, I mean, I usually mean, it's Ketchins the Steelers. Left, maybe right. the and maybe the Haslam's will wait until after the Steelers game because that's tradition. You don't fire Browns coach until after a Steelers game. But no, I hundred percent. I mean, you'll be interesting, man. I I love watching all this stuff develop both on the it, college and pro. It's the best part of the old NCAA video games. Oh. the coaching oh, yeah. carousel. Oh my god, yeah. You, <laughs> you, start you out just at sit like, there and you wait, and you're just, just like, yeah, you wait for your dream school to come calling, <laughs> and you're like, like, they rotate, yes. they rotate through. It's like Air Force. And you're like, no, I don't want that job. I got, I know the better ones coming up down the way. <laughs> but um, all right, that's it for us this week on Sportsmanlike Conduct. Thanks for listening. As always, you can check us out at cm-life.com and listen up to us next week as we'll have, I'm sure, more updates on the NFL and college football playoffs.